0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Episode 94. One Man's Opinion, the podcast that's sweeping the nation Here we are entering week 13 of the NFL regular season. We've got MLB officially major league baseball. That is officially on lockout status. So we got that going on. The NBA season's going on sports betting daily fantasy. There's a lot to get to today, folks. So I got a lot going on. I didn't plan out this episode very, very well. But uh, listen, I'm turning the mic on. I'm just cranking it out. You know, we're going to get starts and sits for week 13 in fantasy football. That's for sure. I'll let you have your survivor bets, uh, picks. I mean, the best bet of the week, the upset of the week, as per usual. So a lot to get to today. Um, so my mind is scattered right now. There's a lot going on in the world. It's like uh, it's one of the busiest days of my life, or at least of the year just with a lot of things going on. And as always on this podcast, I'm going to let it loose and just speak freely and hopefully everybody could take, it. hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. By the way, if you're just stumbling in, I am Jeff Mans. by the way, you, you hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio on uh, channel 87, four to 6 PM Eastern. I host the elite sports show over there. You can follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N S, D Jeff Mans, all one word, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. All my work is over at fantasyguru.com. That's seasonal fantasy sports, elitefantasy.com for all your daily fantasy sports need, my cash game breakdowns, my Saturday night lineup coaching, chat sessions, projections, and all that good stuff. EliteFantasy.com over there. And of course, elitesportsbetting.com for all our legalized sports betting needs. I do NFL bets. I, during I'll do NCAA tournament during the tournament, I do baseball during baseball season, but I'm all about football bets and I'm having a great year. Um, Third year in a row that I've officially posted bets and made bets uh, across the platform. And as of now, I am 88 and 67, up 21 units on the year. So um, if you're a DFS guy or a seasonal fantasy sports guy, you want to get into sports betting and it's legal in your state or through an app or offshore, or just what your buddies or whatever you're doing, then you want to come check us out. You could always, uh, get a, a promo code. Just send us an email support at elite Say you want the betting package or you want all three. And, uh, we will hook you up uh, with that. Say, tell them Jeff, man, sent you. And you want at least 40% off or you're not budget. That's right. Do that. Force them into it. All right, folks. So you know who I am at this point. Uh, so where do we start? I, I, so I want to get, I'm going to talk negative about myself. I um, I'm going to talk about one of my fantasy football leagues that I paid most attention to, you know, the one thing that I want to make sure I'm doing and I don't do it enough. And I, I fully admit that. And it's not because I try, I talk a lot more about the wins than the losses, right? And some folks, some detractors will say, well, you're just trying to cover up. You're not that good and stuff. Okay. Possibly. Right. That's possibly it. But I've been around 16 years in the industry and played 31 years of fantasy football. I I know how good I am at this point. That's not going to be a question. But um, the other thing is I, I fucking hate when me, And I've done it. I'm guilty. Or anybody else in the industry claims, oh, I didn't care about that league anyway. I do not care about that league. Because I want to talk about the league that I cared about the most this year. I'm just going to say it. I don't know if that's factually correct, if I did care the most. but And I got my ass kicked in the most. So I'm going to talk about my HOFL league. So I'll get to that in a few moments as well. So I want to make sure I talk about that. But I want to expand on something that I've been dancing around on Sirius XM all week about and it's Christian McCaffrey and it's Dalvin Cook and it's DeAndre Hopkins and it's you know all these players that don't yeah, Alvin Kamara shit all these players that we live in a bad era of sports because Never before have athletes made so much money and never before have the top athletes played less from LeBron James to Clayton Kershaw to Mike Trout to um, again, Christian McCaffrey, you know, in every sport, the biggest stars seem to be shut down. They play less, less games, less games, less games, less games. Major League Baseball. We just had Max Scherzer sign a forty-plus million dollar a year contract with the New York Mets. This fucking guy is going to pitch five and two-thirds innings on average. I mean, you have to be fucking kidding me with this. You really do. Starting pitchers not only do they break down constantly, so they're a terrible investment anyway. And Scherzer's been great, but the you, you've seen it with guys like Verlander and Kershaw. The better they've done earlier in their career, the more innings they log, it doesn't just keep going. They eventually all break down. So to think you're going to get two to three years out of Scherzer, you're fucking crazy. 200-plus innings, it's never going to happen. And at $40 it's just such a terrible purchase. And even so, you're going to get less innings. You're going to get – starting pitchers in general are just pitching less. They just don't go deep into games. It's all bullpens now. And then you skip starts. And then you have six-man rotations. It's and think about it in football, fantasy football, and just the football in general. It's the running back position. Why do you pay any of these guys money? There, all you do is committee them up. All you do is have a pass a short yardage back, a between the twenties back, a third down back. You you know that's all you have. It's so much designation because you don't want to overuse anybody. Derrick Henry, look at that. I mean, Derrick Henry still has the most rushing attempts in the NFL going into week 13 by the way is that freaking amazing or what he's been out for five or six weeks (laughs) that's how much he was overworked and uh oops it caught up to him and it really did matter and it really you know bit him that's and done for the season um you have to these guys shouldn't be paid that much money you can't have guaranteed contracts if the people that are paid the most aren't going to work let me just Talk about that for a minute because, uh, by the time this podcast comes out, there's going to be um, news around the Elite Sports Network, the company that I own and am and, and chief content officer on, and, and one of the faces of it. Okay, uh, those of you know, uh, you know, so this week we have had the unpleasant time of getting rid of a couple guys. I hate to use that term, such a bad term. Um, you know, we, we needed to move on and go in a different direction, specifically with some of our sports betting things, and it's fucking heartbreaking to me anytime. It, It's sometime I've had two instances in my career. I'm trying to think back to the early days. Yeah, two instances in my career, and they're both relatively recent with, with the elite company, where – We had to get rid of people, and I was thankful. Thank fucking God, right? I was happy that they left. Two people that I worked with that I just don't respect and never will. And then I've had times where I started out in this business, 2005, with Ted Schuster, who who most of you guys know, my co-host on Sirius XM and all that good stuff. Uh, But I also had all my nephews. With me, I had my best friends and my nephews, my the people closest to me. I started out my company, scoutfantasyfootball.com. That was my OG, that was my squad. And it was, you know, got everybody in on the ground floor. This is what we're going to do. I had just, I had put all the money in because I had just come off selling my tech company to GE uh, about a year and a half before that. And so I had to do that. But there came a time where I had to realize that uh it was it was not it was my dream was to do this for a living this is what i'm supposed to be doing i've loved sports and fantasy sports my entire life since i was out of the womb i was creating teams and players and sports like it was in my blood and i see it through my son i I see it because he does the same thing without me ever talking about it, teaching him or even guiding him like about, it. he just does it. And it's how I was. It's just, a, it's just in you. And all of you out there have a dream or a skill or something that you love to do. And it's just who you are. You're a singer or a dancer. Or you're a, a foodie or, or uh, you're mechanically inclined or artistically inclined or whatever it is. Everybody's got it, which by the way, just an FYI, I Pappy man's talking here just, whatever it is that you do well, just spend more time on that. Do it more and do it as often as you can. I understand maybe you have a career doing something else totally understand, but just find time to do your passion and what you're good at. It'll make you feel a lot better. Um, That's my aside there. But so where I'm going with this is that um, so, you know, we're, we're changing directions with our, our elite sports betting side of the business right now. Okay. And, you know, such great team. I mean, we we have great people, and it's heartbreaking. And when I start out, I start out with all the people I cared about most in the world, and it eventually got to a point where uh, uh, there's a song by Blake Shelton, actually written by Michael Buble, right? Um, and it's it's a song called Home, H O M E, and I I like this song. It just touched me. It's it's actually. I used to when I traveled all the time for work and I, I would travel extensively every time I got in a plane, I would listen to this on repeat on my way home just because it was, um, you know, it, it was it's such a, you know, important song. And I just I like, you know, just uh, um, just say it like that. But uh, one of the lines in the song was, um, you know. And I know just why you couldn't come along with me. I'm not going to sing it because I'm terrible. I think it's go something like that. And I know this why you couldn't come along with me. This was not your dream, but you always believed in me. When I heard those lyrics and that's like what happened. That's, that's what happened for me early in my career. You know, I got everybody involved in the business and it wasn't their dream. It wasn't their passion. It wasn't their fire. You know, Ted, he's been along the whole time and it was, he was much more into this than uh, other people were. And it took a while because there was a lot of anger and hostility when I had to let some of my friends and people go, it was a, you know, it was like, we didn't talk for months and you know, it was, it was a bad little time. It took a lot of growing up and maturing. And I talk about that in the show all the time about like my life isn't over. It's evolving. I hope all of us are evolving. We're, we're hopefully we're all working towards a better version of ourselves, right? And that's what I was doing at that time. So I had to let them go. It was it was devastating. But you know, as soon as I did that, it was like a year and I don't know, a year and a half, maybe at most. I mean, Bing, boom, bang. I you know, I, within a within months, I had the number one podcast in the in all of sports. By the way, all sports, not just fantasy, all sports. And, you know, talking 2008 before anybody gave a shit and in within a year and a half of that, I was on Sirius XM. I was a ground member, founder of Fantasy Alarm and my career went kaboom, like blew up. It was fantastic, right? I got amongst people that had the same passion, had the same excitement and it was good. And I've been fortunate, you know, a lot of friends still over there at Fantasy Alarm and some have followed me over here to elite, not all this stuff, but it was hard to do that. And today it was hard to do um, some of the moves that we made with the elite sports betting guys. And um, these are talented motherfuckers. These are good guys, good people, highest recommendation possible, but the market and what we're, you know, unfortunately the market is just different for the skills that they possess for us. Uh, These guys are going to kill it. They're great at what they do, but it's just a different vibe and market in the betting industry right now. And and thus we had to make a move. So difficult times happen and they don't happen for randomly. And it doesn't mean anger and it doesn't mean hostility and it doesn't mean any of that. It, It has to be done sometimes. And quite frankly, it has to be done for all of you and all of us. You have to change for your customers. You have to change for people that support you, because if you don't, you're irresponsible and you're negligent, right? And as a business owner in the world of business, by the way, and those you know, certain, if you're in real estate or any kind of financial transaction, you you have a legal obligation to be responsible. You can't just do what you want, how you want, and, and stuff like that. I feel the same way. So I, we've had to do these things at elite. I feel the same way with NFL, Major League Baseball. They, sh- they should have a fiscal responsibility to us. They can't be paying, and I am not going to pay one hundred and fifty dollars for a seat at a baseball game or a football game or a basketball game. If you're going, if I think I'm going to see LeBron James, and I end up seeing, um, you, you know, somebody else, whoever the fucking. I don't even know like who's, who's backing up, who's backing up LeBron James these days. Like, is it is it Bazemore, Wayne Ellington? I have no fucking idea. I whoever it is, I'm not paying to see them. I'm paying to see LeBron. I came to see Max Scherzer pitch. I didn't come to see uh, uh, Joe Bukowski pitch. You know, I came to see Christian McCaffrey play. I'm not paying to see Chuba Hubbard or Amir Abdullah play. Right. I think that's fair as a fan to ask. I really do. That's what we, it's one thing if a player is hurt and he can't perform the job or sick or whatever. We under, everybody understands that. But in the NBA and baseball and football, now it's not that it's resting. they, They rest. They can't play two games in a row. Can't play. Why are we scheduling games that these players can't play? If it's too much to ask guys to play back-to-back nights and stop scheduling back-to-back nights, okay, do some do better. But fans are—we are all paying the freight for this, all right. We we are all paying the money that it costs, and I don't think we understand that. We want to be supportive of the teams and players, and we want the stars, and we gravitate toward them, and we buy the jerseys. But it's this is a zero-sum game. We're losing. The fans are losing. All of us are losing. And if Chris McCaffrey wants to be rested and not play, or Max Scherzer wants us to be skipped in rotation, or Mike Trout has a four-week injury that takes 26 weeks. Well, that's fine. And you want to take your time and you got to do what you got to do. But your the resources that were going to be spent on you now has to go to somebody else who filled in. Okay, now somebody else has to fill in. Somebody else gets the money that you deserve. If nobody did what Trout did, well, then nobody gets that money. You see what I'm saying? that's the way it needs to be. And, you know, if McCaffrey's going to play four games all season, then he should get 25% of his contract, or he should just get the, you know, guaranteed $5 million for the year and allow the team to save that money and spend elsewhere, or if Chuba Hubbard or Amir Abdullah, whoever took up for him, puts up those similar numbers, then they get that 20 million. That's how it should be. Stop paying people for what their potential is. Start paying for what they actually do. We are in a bad way in our country, in our world like that. Too many people fighting for a 20 hour work week. Folks, if everybody works 20 hours, you know what the fuck happens. You know, I mean, you're not going to have waiters or waitresses or bartenders or hostesses at when you go out to eat, like, think about what you want to do. If you work a 20 hour work week, like some of you are bitching about, think about what you would want. What would you like to do with your time? Oh, I would go out to eat more. Well, there's no waitresses or hostesses or chefs or bartenders to do that because they, they also get 20 hours. See, it's not just you getting a 20 hour work week. It's everybody. So now we don't have enough people to do those jobs. I want to travel. Okay. There's no more pilots. Pilots need only, you know, they can make five trips a day or uh, you a know, maximum of two to five trips a week. So now we get less flights and and uh, stewards on the, them and mechanics and people on the runway and air traffic controllers. They all work 20, you know how much hours air traffic controllers work? You see what I'm saying? I understand you think it's cool and woke to have less work. Great. I love that idea. But how, every these are jobs. everybody's jobs, right? Everybody's jobs everywhere you go mechanics, road workers, hospital, doctors, ambulances, nurses, right? Medics and uh, um, uh, technicians who do the x ray machines and all do you really, you want 20-hour work weeks for everybody? Do you understand the ramifications? So be careful with what you want because it doesn't fucking work, all right? And I will say this as we, I'll bring it back to the elite stuff that I've woven into this little rant at the beginning is that I think everybody, every single person at Elite, current and former, would say and admit that nobody works more hours than I do. Now, quality of work can be discussed and debated to the end of time. Sure. But nobody's working more than me. Nobody's putting in the extra time and doing all that. I'm not saying they don't work just as hard or if not you know, harder. Absolutely. But I'm doing this and I'm the front guy of the company. I'm the lead of the company. I'm not taking more time. All right. And that's what you all deserve. The subscribers, the listeners, right? I missed a show a couple Tuesdays ago to go get uh, work done and get my upper and lower GI and have a battery of tests that, that was done and all that. And I've shared the results of that, which weren't too great, but I had to do that's first show I've missed. I had missed since the pandemic and I didn't miss any shows during the pandemic. I was recording in a fucking broom closet. Right. And, no applause necessary, nothing. It's not that I want to work that much. It's you all deserve it. You support me. You support my work. You download it. And I don't care if there's one of you or 50 billion of you, you guys deserve it. And you'll get all of me with it all the way to the end. And that's how it's going to be at elite. And one of the things we you're going to notice a shift In our, uh, I want to say culture, it's not really the culture shift, in our content. We're not going to do as much anymore. We're not going to do as much content. We're just going to put more quality behind it, more time into it. And we're going to make sure our entire staff spends more time on it. These are talented guys, super talented, right? Smarter than I am, better than I am, talented than I am. And, and we're just going to let them, give them the resources to make better work, create better. And we're going to spend more time with all of you. It's something you guys asked and requested, you know, I'll share the story. I got in an argument with one of our investors, like recently over the, uh, over last weekend, like had a big fucking argument, like big, it was bad, like real bad. And one of the things that was brought up was like, I don't say it enough is I get a lot of offers not trying to be bragging but people want to come out to la do this show and be on this podcast be on this video be on this tv and you know major network stuff sometimes do a hit here and that and um i oh i used to be gung-ho for all of it all of it always give me everything soak it like a biscuit and gravy i don't do those things anymore i don't because th- I'm doing what I want. I've I work enough hours for all the people that support my work. And if I dilute myself and my resources, I'm screwing over you. And that's something I'm not going to do. I've just draw- I drawn a line in the sand that it's not going to happen any I-, I can't dilute those that support the work. Daily, seasonal, fantasy sports, betting. Now, Right. I could add some betting things. I could rearrange some things. And we did that with a new podcast for the recap over on fancy guru instead of the article saved me a little bit of time, but got to a lot more content, you know, some revisions to what I do. But my focus is now and forever with all of you and this podcast as well, This podcast has grown exponentially this year. And I can't tell you guys how much I I appreciate it, but I just, I want to be the front guy for that. And I want to be, I want to do what I preach right and 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 make sure i'm giving it all to each of you and not dilute myself to the point that this isn't a stepping stone for me you know what i mean like you see it so many people they're into stocks and sports cards and nfts and top shot and this and that and they go around and they do a lot of different things and man there's some some of the stuff i don't know and don't like or whatever but some of the stuff i fucking love to do but can't you just can't do everything you can't be everything to everybody and you can't do everything it's got to be what's inside of you and i've seen people say oh i wish i didn't spend any time doing any of the fantasy stuff and i only did nfts or this currency or crypto or eth or whatever and i'm like i think well i will respectfully disagree nothing nothing makes me more happy than the time i spent doing all this i've learned a lot We've made a lot of great relationships, met a lot of great people, had great conversations. And it's it's this is what I want to be doing. So you know I, I hope you get it. Like my thoughts on we are getting fucked over by the athletes and I'm not I'm drawing a line in the sand when it comes to my little tiny tiny little ecosystem here at Elite Sports and the Elite Sports Network. We're we're moving in. We don't want to um, we had a staff meeting Today, as a matter of fact, as I'm recording this right before, and one of the things I said is we're not, I no more interest in being the biggest and the best. We're prestige worldwide, the biggest and the best. No, no. I think we're the best, but we, we don't want to be the biggest. I don't want to take on more. I don't want more people and more, more stuff. and get Because I think we lose focus of what we really are and who we really are. And, you know, we've got enough, we've got subscribers. We'd love to have more subscribers. I'm not going to bullshit everybody. Oh, I don't want the business to grow. Oh, I want the business to grow. But I want the business to grow in the way that we can truly support the people that support us back. I hope that gets through. I hope the proper tone is being used. If not, I apologize for that. I'm just trying to, uh, I'm just, I'm, like I said, none of this was scripted. So I'm just speaking off the cuff. Um, that's what's happening. And that's the way it's going to be. So those are some of the moves um, being made that we're making and the focus of the business going forward. Uh, and, and that's, that's just that. Any questions hit me up at Jeff underscore man's or in the discord chat rooms or anything like that. You know, I have no problem with it. Let, let's talk about some failures. My HOFL team. This is we don't talk about this kind of stuff nearly much, as much the failures. I, I will I'm in 20 leagues this year. It wasn't 20 leagues this year. Still am technically. I, you know, I think I'm missing the playoffs in several, including this one. I, and I will be bragging at the end if I win any championships about the championships. But I, before I get to that, I want to get to the losses. Because this is the, the – I, I spent more time on my Hall of Fantasy League team than I've spent on anything else this season. And make no mistake – This team is loaded. It's a fantastic effing team. Fantastic. It's a great team. Yet here we are at four and eight, four and eight going into week 13 and basically eliminated from the playoffs. Got like a 1% chance, which by the way, I just lost Christian McCaffrey. So there's no way. Um, Andy's got to buy. It's just, it's done, done. So, uh, and, um, you know, I, I did a lot of good moves in this strategy. I picked up, I had Shuba Hubbard handcuffed to McCaffrey and that was a good move. I had him in on draft date. So I was able to withstand that. I had Gus Edwards attached to JK Dobbins. I able to withstand that. And then Gus Edwards went down. I had Tyson Williams and Tyson Williams goes down and you know, then I lost. So eventually I lost that that baltimore running game altogether. together i picked up dearness johnson for that couple weeks stretch that he had that did really well so like i made moves that did well my team if i told you i'm going to tell you this team all right my team my quarterbacks were the achilles heel this is a league that's a two quarterback league and i did not draft quarterbacks early and i bragged about that i was excited about that i still think it was a Just the right thing to do, because I look at some teams that draft a quarterback, quarterback, and some are worse than me. Some are, some are better. Some are just as bad. You know, it's didn't really make a difference. My team was Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. Imagine those two banger running backs. Okay, imagine, and then by the way, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards had them. Then I had as my fourth running back Mike Davis. Like, okay. Oh, Oh, by the way, Oh, I'm sorry. My not even Raheem Mostert. Yes. Raheem Mostert, who would have been starting running back. Think of what Eli Mitchell's doing. Had Mostert had JK Dobbins had Gus Edwards had Mike Davis, Eckler McCaffrey. I mean, come on. And then my wide receivers, Deandre Hopkins, Ceedee lamb, Allen Robinson, who we know failed Cortland Sutton, who had a tremendous stretch there when Judy was out and now has failed as well. Those were my wide receivers. All right. Um, My tight ends were Mark Andrews and Mike Gusecki took both of them, had both of them. Mike Davis. I mentioned, I mean, again, we know Davis failed. We know Alan Robinson failed. Sutton was great when Judy wasn't there. And then now he's failed since, but overall I'm fifth in points in this league. And I am dead last in points. In fact, I'm not just dead last in points. I've given up over 2,000 points in the 12 weeks we've played. And the next highest team is 1725 given up. And most of the league is given up between 1528 and 1650. So, I mean, that's 20% more than... The mainstream of the league. I've given up a ton of points. So, a lot of unlucky shit, but also losing McCaffrey has sucked, losing Hopkins has sucked, Robinson didn't work, losing Lamb for two games sucked. Like, it's just all these pieces just never fit. Then, my quarterbacks were bad. Um, Drafted Justin Fields, was very high on him. That came to fruition. Drafted Daniel Jones, thought that was going to be a lot better. Uh, Took the chance on Deshaun Watson. That didn't work out. Took the chance on Taysom Hill. And not only that, I kept Taysom Hill the whole time and thought I'd get him three weeks ago, which would have solved my quarterback problem, and it didn't. Daniel Jones was actually pretty good for a while. Fields had a a brief blip. I had Ben Roethlisberger there to carry the mail as well, and it just never worked out. Like, I just never got consistent production there. Uh, But as bad as my quarterbacks have done, uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? Um, so that, that's the way I would go. Uh, I would do that a hundred times over. And I think I'd win a lot of that. A lot of those weeks should that, you know, with this strategy. So didn't work out this week, four and eight, but strategy, I think was very, very solid. And I would do it again. And I look forward to doing it again next year, uh, with the Las Vegas pocket Kings. We did very solid year lot of fun, great, great competition. And I love it. I, I love it, man. I'm secretly so pissed off that I lost because of how competitive I am, but it's just like, okay, good. I want to win next year. You know, that that's the excitement I have in a league like this. We had actually investors in this league. I'm disappointed that I let some of those people down, but um you know, it, it, these are the breaks. Nothing's, nothing's easy. It's been a tough year of fantasy football folks. And it's been a real tough year, not just identifying players. Like you think we've had really good success calling guys like lamb and Austin Eckler. Like some of these monster breakout seasons. We've been very good at Jonathan Taylor. We're high on going into the year. Derek Henry, uh, I've been high on Henry for two years. Like a lot of things have gone right. Jalen hurts my most owned quarterback, you know, all of it, but um, it just hasn't lined up and stayed consistent, which has been a big problem with it. But uh, yeah, so that's where I stand in the HOFL league. It's going to miss the playoffs in that one, but going to be really excited about going for still going to fight. We, I think we got a, I think we got one or two weeks. I think we may have two weeks left in the regular season. And like I said, there's like that 1% chance that I could tie and score, if you score a hundred billion points. You could technically win. It's never going to happen, but I do love ruining other people's seasons. Like that's fun. Like, I really like it. <laughs> I, I love, I I love that. Cause fuck it. Right. Why not? You, you got to, you got to keep crushing and keep going and trying to, get better every single week and then if not take somebody else down. why the hell not so uh, that's where i stand in that league um all right, I, I think we'll uh oh let's recap week 12 real quick. It was a great week uh daily fantasy seasonal fantasy a lot of things went well uh, outside of that league of course. you know i mentioned the christian McCaffrey going down bullshit core four it's interesting the core four of daily fantasy was bad last week, but one of the things that we do is we, we thrive when everything goes bad because we protect our, our, our floor. We always protect our floor and we protect those. We build lineups in a way that even though all the chalk fails, we still have a fighting chance to win. And we do more often than not. There's a lot. Let's be honest, my my DFS players out there should know this. You guys all realize how bad DFS has been. DFS analysis has been dog shit, literal dog shit. It's been terrible all year long. Don't give me this. This person's uh. no. It's been bad everywhere, including myself. I'm not living up to it. The thing is, as a player. I'm really fucking good because I protect that downside, and I know how to win. In order, I know how to win when she, the rest of the everything goes wrong. I know how to still eke out wins. That's the magic within EliteFantasy.com and the Core Four and all that. Now, I other people just go all out. That's why they love stacking and game stacking and team stacking and correlations and all that. I correlate winning. I diversify, I make sure I'm picking off just the premium everywhere you go. But the other thing about DFS and why it's been so bad and optimizers have been bad, the pay lines are significantly lower folks. I mean, they're not just lower, they're beyond belief. I think that pay line was 106 on DraftKings this week. It's impossibly bad, impossible. It's impossible to be that bad. In what the reason when the pay lines are that low, that means all the chalk is failing, 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 failing. And on FanDuel, my home site, um, the chalk is hit twice out of 12 weeks. The the pay lines for FanDuel have been this 100.6 garbage, 128.3. It's about right. It's about average. 144.4 that hit. 114.72 it missed, 136.76 it hit, 119, 115, 123, 112, 127, 110, 106. Miss, 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 miss. It's all misses. That's the chalk has been bad. Just bad. So that's, it should tell us something and it should tell us that, We need to be a little more aggressive. That includes me, who's I'm super conservative, especially my cash game builds. But I'm going to be a little more aggressive because I know the optimizers won't. Will they hit? Absolutely. They have to. It's law of averages at some point. They have to. They have to. But that doesn't mean it's good chalk. And that doesn't mean they're good lineups. So us taking a little bit more risk this is an opportunity As we're through 12 weeks of the season. We go in weeks 13 through 18 of the regular season, then into the playoffs, by the way, we got a long way to go in this DFS season and being more aggressive, taking more chances. Don't think if you were in agreement with the mainstream daily fantasy industry, people, DFS, Twitter, and every, if we all agree on a player, you almost guarantee that player is going to fail because that's what's happened. non-fucking-stop it's happened so think outside the box have more confidence in yourself and what you're seeing out there because any new idea is better than what's been going on lately okay and i say that as somebody who's won 10 out of 12 weeks i still i still say oh it's been a shitty year it's been a shitty year because of that last week was great. I, I somehow managed not only to win, um, not only was, um, it, it, you know, I was able to win it, it, cash games, barely. I won a GPP as well. And it's just one of those things that was normally when one wins, the other doesn't. And I hedge a lot with that. I was able to middle it this week because of, uh, Adam Thielen, really, and using Kirk Cousins in that late game. used Cousins, Thielen, and Jefferson in my uh, GPP lineup and came through and only scored 134 points or whatever, but it's good for a top-five finish in all all the high-stakes contests. So I was pretty excited about that. It's not often that you get the win in all your contests but uh, that's exactly what happened this past week so we'll go for it again in week 13. like I said uh, I've got a nice little opening message in the cash game breakdown this week I think you guys will enjoy little harsh I, I'm a little mean because some of you are trying to guess you're playing the game of guess Jeff's lineup instead of actually trying to learn and it's I don't give a shit but you're not learning that way and I can't in good faith and conscious play that game in week 13. If you, if I've been, I've spent, I mentioned it. My wife kept track. It's a 96 hours a week is what I, I work. That's actual like hardcore work. That's not even like setting my own lineups or putting in my own DFS line. none of that, that doesn't even count. I'd be at about 108 hours a week is what I work. And I don't do that so that we can play the same dance of oh are you starting three receivers four three running backs for four wide receivers you know this whole game that we're playing right don't you need if I did if I worked all this this hard I I want you to all to have learned something I hope to God that we spend eighteen weeks plus together and that you learn something process bankroll matchups game scripts player analysis, offense line, defense lines, coverage matchups, I, I, anything, everything, whatever it is, anything, um, anything at all. So that it w- would have been very, very important. you know. And that's important to me that you do that. So that's my message in the open. And I'm going to be a little more aggressive going forward at least in, until the chalk starts hitting it doesn't make any sense to sit back and continuously watch all these plays that we all agree on and shake each other's hands and fist bump about fail. That's not good. Let's fuck it. Let's think outside the box a little bit and get a little more aggressive, not ton, just a little bit. I think it'll be all the difference. So good things ahead there. Let's get into starts and sits for week number 13. Um, start at the quarterback position, some players that I'm higher on than most. Now, a lot of injury news is coming down the pike. I think Matt Stafford's going to smash the entire L.A. Ram. If you have an L.A. Ram on your team, they are going to smash this week. No doubt about that. I'm starting Joe Burrow. Yes, he's on, he's thrown for under 200 yards at three of the last four games, but I'm absolutely going to start him in what I think will be a shootout against the L.A. Chargers. Jalen Hurts, obviously... Going to start him against the Jets, lopsided affair. I'd start Justin Herbert, start Kirk Cousins, uh, and then Carson Wentz. It's not a. It's going to be Jonathan Taylor's Smash City, no question. But I'm still going to start Carson Wentz on the outside looking in. Um, Taysom Hill, I expect pretty decent numbers. We like what we saw to Hill as a quarterback last year, but this plantar fasciitis, fasciitis. Um, injury and his just lack of snaps and, and it's just the whole thing isn't work does not work I need to see it and in a short week I'm not starting him I'm not nearly as down on Russell Wilson as some of you guys are I disagree with popular sentiment that you thought he sucked on Sunday I didn't think he played well but I there was coaching issues in that game that was Pete Carroll That was Shane Waldron's fault. It's Russell Wilson's fault too. He should have ran. He should have ran a ton. He should have run for 150 yards, 150 yards easily, easily could have done that. So, uh, but he's outside the top 12 this week. I'm not starting him in, uh, in, in my fantasy leagues as well. As a matter of fact, I have a lot of teams with Russell Wilson. My most owned quarterback is Jalen Hurts and then, I think every other I either have Jalen hurts or Russell Wilson as my starter, this I've uh, Stafford and a high stakes league. I have Kyler and one that's, you know, he's been shitty or hasn't been playing. Um, but I, in every Russell Wilson team, I have also has Carson Wentz. Somehow I was able to like four or five teams. When Russ went down, I got Wentz and it's been a nice ride. And I'm starting Wentz over him over Russ this week. just, and FYI even though I do like Seattle I don't hate them as much I need that on cuz something later on you guys may think uh I'm being hypocritical I am not I do like Seattle I'm not as down on them as everybody else is but still making that that pivot there my running backs I am going to start Miles Sanders this week I know ankle injury crushed us last week but Jordan Howard's not going to play and Boston Scott left with an illness, not practicing right now. I assume Boston Scott will play. I still think that miles Sanders will get 15 plus carries against the jets. And that's just too good to pass up. So I'm starting him, starting Saquon, starting Clyde Edwards, the layers starting miles Gaskin this week as well. Um, start Jamal Williams right, with Deandre Swift likely out. Now that, Swift has to be out to start Jamal Williams, but he's going to be. I can't even imagine him playing with that shoulder injury. Obviously, Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison's a top 10 fantasy running back, folks. I mean, <laughs> Antonio Gibson's a top 12 guy. So don't discount these guys. These are very, very lucrative players. That I think some folks are missing out on players. I'm not going to start this week. Uh, Alex Collins. I just can't do it. Uh, can't start Javante Williams. I wish I could. I wish I could against Kansas city. You could see more passing down work for him, but I'm not, I just can't last week. Melvin Gordon went down with a hip injury. First play of the game. I thought this is it. it here it is against chargers. He's going to absolutely smash Got a touchdown early, but then Melvin Gordon came back and news disappeared. I'm not starting Tony Pollard. I'm not starting Ramondre Stevenson, not starting Devin Singletary. These are bad plays, not messing around any Jets running back whatsoever. So uh, all of them are out for me this week. Wide receivers, uh, some players that I'm high on that I will be starting. Uh, You know, I love... I, lo- I'm, I don't love Hunter Renfro, but I am starting him this week uh, against Washington football team. Definitely going to start Darnell Mooney this week. I'm definitely starting Emmanuel Sanders. I think Emmanuel Sanders has a, is sneaky. Patriots, if they shut anybody down, it's going to be Stefan Diggs. And not, uh, the Patriots, here's how the Patriots are going to attack Buffalo. They're going to rush two players. They're going to put no pass rush on Josh Allen at all, but they're going to drop nine players into coverage. They're going to drop them all back. And we're going to see, they're they're going to just, they're going to isolate, shrink all of those zones for Josh Allen and make him be accurate and quick with his decisions. It's going to be tough. Josh Allen is not accurate. He's not quick with his decisions. So if I was betting a player prop, I'd bet the over on whatever Josh Allen's rushing numbers end up being. Because when he gets confused, he just tucks it and runs. But I also think that as that coverage rolls, they're going to get lob JC Jackson on uh, on Stefan Diggs. So it's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. I like that. You know, I love my boy Van Jefferson. You know it. Oh, I love Van Jefferson. Odell Beckham's also in the top 36 for me. We'll see if he actually plays. I think he'll play this week just because it's, it's a matchup. Everybody in the Rams will rush into. They all want to play because they know they're going to smack the shit out of Jacksonville. And then they're immediately going to uh, retreat right after that. That's how this is going to go. Like got the Rams figured out. They'll, they'll crush Jacksonville. And then next week against uh, Arizona. Now, now things are going to, Oh, Now, Oh, back injury. Oh, soft tissue. Ah, it's so typical. So be aware of that. Um, other players that I am starting this week, you know, I want to see what happens with Corey Davis and whether or not, you know, he was supposed to play last week. Then he was, um, deactivated on Saturday or Sunday morning. So I want to see what happens. He's had a great relationship with Zach Wilson, but, If Corey Davis plays, I guess I'm going to, I'm starting him. If he doesn't, I'm all aboard Elijah Moore, right? I'm all about, I'm all about it. So if Davis doesn't play all in more, if Davis does play, I'm not starting more, but I would start Corey Davis. So that's the, uh, that's that one. And what else? Some players I'm not starting this week. Um, Marvin Jones, pretty easy. Cortland Sutton, pretty easy. Russell Gage came off a good one. It's it's Russell Gage is like, he's the number one on Atlanta. I just don't expect anything out of that. I know Tampa Bay you could throw on, but I don't think Matt Ryan and Russell Gage could throw on them. So I'm sitting him, sitting Rashad Bateman, sitting Kenny Galladay. Um don't want to start Josh Reynolds. I've met wide receiver forty-six. You know, some instances there's still bye weeks going on at this point in the season. I understand you have to somebody has to move up on your team if you get bye week and an injury or two. But uh, I don't want to start any of those guys whatsoever. I'm not starting Tim Patrick. Not starting Kadarius Tony. uh, yeah that's about it on the wide receivers the tight ends this week we are going to start tj hackinson that's become a question a lot of people are asking um but yes we're going to continue to start tj hackinson yes i'm starting dalton schultz on thursday night if you're listening to this time yes i will start pat fryermuth assuming he clears concussion protocol and assuming Eric Ebron's still out. So a lot of ifs in there, but I still got my tight end 11. Uh, and then, yes, Noah Fant against Kansas City. Uh, I will start him as well. I'm sitting Hunter Henry this week for New England. I'm sitting Evan Ingram against Miami. I'm sitting Dawson Knox, another one against New England. You know, those are players that are all in the mix. If you had a, a, a tight end that is off this week, I really don't know any of these guys that, who, who the frick would you have <laughs> you know austin hooper i don't think that really mattered. i don't think there's many guys this week that would lead you to needing a tight end most of them are all playing oh here's one foster moreau start foster moreau if darren waller is out like i i really like i like moreau it doesn't change it's not he's not gonna or i'm sorry it's not gonna be the same it's, meaning he's not gonna get the darren waller treatment nobody's going to be darren waller like it's not happening but it's still a foundational piece of the offense it's still a lot of first read to the tight end and that's valuable it, it just is valuable there's no way else to uh, no uh way else to slice it so um yeah, I would start the Moreau over uh, some other guys as well. I, you look at Washington, and I think they're eighth in targets given up to the tight end spot. And so you're going to get plenty of uh, plenty of run to be a tight end one for Moreau, should Darren Waller not play. Um, players I'm not, or uh, tight ends I am sitting, I mentioned it, Ingram Henry. Yeah, I, I mentioned that. I think we're good on that. Um, CJ Uzoma, if you need a tight end streamer, if you want to be sneaky, uh, that is one to use as well. If you want to talk about some streamer options, uh, probably late in the week for us to get into that. But I like think Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Taylor Heineke, hmm, streamer worthy. Uzoma, James O'Shaughnessy, James, James O'Shaughnessy, a fine Irish lad, he is, uh, Dan Arnold's out four to six weeks. That means the rest of the season. I love week 13, where We're like, Oh, he's off four to six weeks. Yeah, he's done for the year. You're not bringing somebody back to play in week 18. Dingleberry. Like we know that. So O'Shaughnessy is another streamer option if you need a defense. Vikings, Chiefs, and Eagles. All quality defenses to pick up if you are in need and you had the Browns, Packers, or Titans, or Panthers, even. All, all decent enough defenses out for this week. Let's move on to our uh, betting for the week. We'll talk survivor um, survivor picks this week. Now it's starting to get real nitty gritty. Are you still in it? By the way, I want somebody to tweet me. Are you still in a survivor at serious sex at Jeff underscore man's not serious. Don't do that at Jeff underscore man's. Tell me if you're in a survivor pool still from the beginning of the season, or has it reset on you? because those are two entirely different op- options. If you had it reset a couple of weeks, well, Rams, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Indianapolis. Right? No, that's just how it is. That's just that's who you're using in that order too. If you didn't have it reset, you've probably used the you've used Tampa, you've used the Rams already. The one you may not have used was Indianapolis. So I'll put Indy down as that one that maybe you haven't used. My number two, now, Minnesota, Philadelphia. These are other ones that may not have been used either. The problem with both of these teams is – you're after you're going on very unstable teams that each are dealing with injuries, notable injuries, Everson Griffin, who went psychotic last week, the Philly, every running back they have, and Jason Kelsey, their center's banged up, but they're both playing on the road late in the season as well. Detroit's a hungry team in search of his first win. And they've been playing teams real close and they're coming off a very short or a long week. I just don't want to, I, I feel like other people are going to play them. So I'm not going to play them. You know what I mean? At this point in a survivor, if you're down to last couple of entries, you got to find a way to close. All right. And, uh, where are my single guys out? You're single for a reason. Cause you haven't had the chance. You don't know how to fucking close, close the deal. And if you're closing this, I'll tell you the team to close with. All right, it's the Miami Dolphins. Close on the Dolphins. The Giants are a disaster. They've got so many receivers banged up, and Daniel Jones is unlikely to play. Miami's not. I don't have a lot of faith in them, but they'll get this win. They're at home. They're healthier now. You know, they they can run the ball against the defunct run defense in New York. The short passes will work against the Giants' secondary as well. And the giants have no offense. Mike Glennon. Oh my good Lord. So Miami to close out your survivor pools. All right, there you go. And then give 5% to Pappy math. No, I'm just, don't do that. Some of you, you guys do that. Sometimes you want to give me share. No, you win. That's, that's all I ask. And show me, let me screenshot it. Let me promote you that you win. That's all I ask. So close it out with that. My bet of the week. Um, a lot of bets that I'm liking, but the lines are moving fast. I'll tell you the one I alluded to it earlier. It's Tampa Bay and Atlanta under 50 and a half. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I just don't Atlanta can't score. So they're going to bring nothing at all to the table, right? That that's it's out for Atlanta. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I understand that week two, Atlanta put up twenty five, and what fucking uh, Tampa put up fifty, I think on their own. I get it, All right, I really do. And Tampa puts up points, and their defense ain't good. This is not the same Atlanta Falcon team. Atlanta cannot score points. They they scored twenty one points last week, and it was a fucking miracle, right? I mean, their their last here is Atlanta scoring twenty one last week against Jacksonville, zero against New England, three against dallas they did score 27 against new orleans in an upset victory 13 the week before against carolina it's just not a good offense just nothing's going well so i, I like the under 50 and a half in that game and then uh, upset of the week this is where you're gonna have to close your ears i think it's the second week in a row i don't know two out of three weeks i've done the same team but i don't care i'm going back to seattle over san francisco they call it upset for a reason. San Francisco should be favored, but they gotta go to Seattle. Seattle's a lot tougher at home, as I've mentioned. I know it's been bad. I know it's been bad for Seattle. I know Russ hasn't looked the same. I know the coaching staff is cocking these games up. But um, no, I, I'm not, if you're trying to pick an upset, They play San Francisco very tough. They always have played San Francisco very tough. They beat San Francisco earlier in the year in San Francisco. And we saw some things at the end of that game where they put up two quick touchdowns. Russell get this thing cooking and he's going to do it when none of you expect. And this is the week nobody expects it. So there you go. Seattle take the points plus two and a half. You get three points in some books right now as I'm recording this. So go take the three And um, tip your waiters and waitresses on the way out. All right. So there you go. Um, All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode, folks. Number 94. I can't believe we're going to hit the century mark here early in 2022. That will be exciting. We'll have to do some uh, special things for that. Maybe we'll go wrangle up some guests for you on that episode as well as we uh, maybe we'll give you like a two hour episode, something like that. We'll, We'll do something banging for that 100th anniversary episode up in there. Any other topics you guys want me to hit things you want me to discuss? I know I went off the the in the wilderness a little bit at the start of today's show, talked about the business side of things. Um, you know, it's goes on in my real life and my personal life and the business that you guys are going to get it. You're going to get it all. Some of you, I understand you just want the fantasy stuff. You want the fancy sports at the best. You want picks, 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 picks. I fucking hate picks, 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 picks. I just, I, I like analysis. I like real talk. I like to give you the why of everything. And that's sort of my message to our DFS subscribers on elitefantasy.com. I need you to start asking the why questions. I need you to start, stop guessing the lineup, stop guessing the player by player, stop doing these types of things, start learning the trades. Start learning the why, start knowing the why. We will all be better off as a result, uh, financially and uh, emotionally, and mentally as well. All right, folks, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. That will do it. Episode 94 in the books. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Go out there, get these victories, y'all, whether you're playing seasonal fantasy, daily fantasy. Or sports betting. Remember fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, elite sportsbetting.com. And if you want to deal on the big three, if you subscribe to any one of those individually, just hit us up support at elitefantasy.com. Tell them you want the big three package, you mean the betting, the seasonal, and the DFS stuff. Get everything, all of our Discords, all of our projections, our lineup optimizers, our entire staff of very super talented people. 24/7 coverage for you guys as well across the platform. We will see you next time. I want to see screenshots. I want to see those victories in Week 13. We'll see you again next week, everybody. I am Jeff Batch. You may disagree on any or maybe all that you heard on today's podcast, and that's perfectly all right. Why? Because it was one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Do say.